everybody. Welcome to another episode of Crunch for the Mythos Manual. I am your host and producer of the podcast, Leslie Wisniewski. I'm sitting down here as usual with our game master, Calder David. Hello. And the lovely Christy Stakey. Hi, it's me. It's Christy. I'm yeah. so excited. It's a good time. This is the uh, the first time I think in the entirety of Mythos Manual that there have been more women than men. <gasps> Crazy. At the table. So Christy, you've been playing Kata. And we love her. We She's love, the best. We love much. her snaky Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is basically the pitch. Pretty much. When when Cal first talked about the setting for this being vaguely jungle and explorer-y, I got really excited about the idea of Indiana Jones and then realized that as the only girl at the table, I should probably play a female character. And so I was like, well, how do I do Indiana Jones as a woman? Mm, I'll make her the daughter of Indiana Jones. Perfect. And then decided to play off the snake <laughs> phobia. Isn't Tomb Raider just l- Lady Indiana Jones? But there's but no, no snakes. No That's snakes. True. Yeah, I wanted it to be a little more campy, too. Like, Laura mm. Croft is a little bit more... Like, I wasn't going to be the fighter in the party. Right. Even though eventually I might end up that way. But yeah. I, like, I the original concept was not to be the fighter. So it was... I was trying to make it a little more... Like, slithery. Little... Campier and sneakier. Okay. Well, is what made you gravitate towards the the wear touch shifter specifically snake or just shifters? Like that's a yeah. brand new class. Like at, that, yeah. as opposed to like something that had like a snake companion or something else that was still snake themed, but I guess less. I am the snake. The snake was uh, was an afterthought once I landed on shifter. So I was kind of toying with the idea. I didn't want to be a magic user, really. Because I just spent a five-year campaign being a magic user, and that's a whole lot of <laughs> spells to know. And it's and I really wanted to try my hand playing something else, um, mm-hmm. something more martial. Yeah, a little bit more martial, and a little bit less. I had twenty pages of notes in my last campaign that yeah, I was going through. Of, it's, there's a lot. There was a lot you're to a witch do, and there was a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to be something a little bit more interesting, but I also didn't want to just be a brawler. So I was like, well, I could go with like a changeling thing. I can do a real. I could do a true rogue, but I wanted it to be something that was kind of unexplored. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of uh, like a like an animal-esque sort of thing yeah, yeah. so we also talked about druid yeah. for a minute mm-hmm. um i wanted to be something that was more outdoorsy right because i liked the indiana jones backstory and the like growing up on archaeology digs idea mm-hmm. so shifter kind of was presented and i was like oh that would be super fun it seems like something i could take advantage of in kind of a roguey way but also be a little bit more of a character choice I, I was looking through this huge, there's a huge list. If you're a normal shifter, there's a huge lift, list of animals that you can morph into. Animal of the day. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah. But the, uh, your shift isn't quite as powerful. You just have the ability to then turn into like a lion for a minute or you're, a rat for a, a minute jackalope or whatever. You're a of all trades. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that was bad, but like I'm proud of myself. It was good. Uh, <laughs> it was bad, but it was good. Uh, so... I then realized that I was going to give myself another 20 pages of notes. <laughs> if, if I had so all those animals. Play a wear touch shifter if you want a minimum amount of notes. It's still a lot of notes, but it's much <laughs> It's much less of like, 
having to know what animal is the most useful in what scenario. Right. Uh, and there were just so many, and the benefits to them were cool, but they weren't as strong, obviously, as a, a single-focused shift that would grow exponentially with time. That makes sense. In a way, it's kind of like prepared spell casting versus, is it, what's the other type of spell spontaneous. casting? Spontaneous. Yeah, spontaneous spell casting. Because then I feel like if you're doing spontaneous casting, you, there's less thought and you can kind of act in the moment as you feel like your character would as opposed to, wait, what do I actually have today? And you kind of like have to take time away from just responding to a situation. Yeah, exactly. It, it would have been a lot more... A lot, a lot less specific, I guess. It's a little bit more of a muddy concept. Yeah, it's yeah. it was kind of strange. It was like being a strange anamorph. <laughs> Not inaccurate. <laughs> I think that probably is what sold the class. Yeah. Probably. Like, what yeah. if you were just an anamorph? Is actually probably the conversation. <laughs> I, I, though I strongly think, like, I think that the wear touch shifter should have been like the default version of the shifter. I think so too. Yeah, and then like the normal shifter should have been like an archetype. I think they that that's just like my own weird bias towards. I think that's just what the class should have been presented. I think so too. I think it's much more compelling of a story choice yeah. to have one animal that you're like akin to because Kata is because it's snakes. Mm-hmm. You have to you still have to pick from the list. You can't like go off list. But so she's technically like this emperor cobra. She oh, like cool. that's the emperor cobra is one of the animals. Do you, that you wear can turn a hood? Into. I don't wear a hood. It's the jungle. That's fair. Um, I do have half <laughs> my head shaved. Ooh, that's that. fun. It's the, it's, the, it's the Natalie Dormer. Vaguely, of, yeah, yeah, it's vaguely that. Oh, I'm now casting Kata in my head but as like, Natalie Dormer. No, but she's, nope, she's Lebanese. No, she's Lebanese. Oh, well, sorry, Natalie Dormer. You've been <laughs> she's, she's as Lebanese as you can be in the stitched world. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know where that is, but I get it. Was yeah. that kind of was that already kind of in your head as like an inspiration for the character? Yeah, I wanted her to be kind of vaguely deserty, and so I wanted like a Middle Eastern feel, but I didn't I, Christy, am super familiar with Lebanese culture, and so it's kind of like a Paris of the Middle East, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to go for like a, a little bit more like a high class deserty vibe, and immediately my brain goes to Lebanon. Do you feel like your character, because like you have a lot of relationships with like a Lebanese family here in LA, and you've been to Lebanon before? Um, do you feel like you see parts of your character informed from those relationships, or are you like Kate is her own person, and like this is just a thing that I feel more? rooted in yeah kate is definitely her own person but it was a way for me to give her like i I was familiar with what her upbringing would have been like i see having been there and having had like that sort of experience in that type of culture so i think it gave me a more rounded out view of her that's great way awesome yeah cal what do you think about kata is she your favorite is she your least favorite you can have favorites (laughs) i can i love kata i think kate christy did a really good job on like the deciding factor of like coming with your character well i mean i always really enjoy when i feel like players put the thought into their characters to like make them match the setting because mm-hmm. that's that's how the whole point of a session zero and mm-hmm. versus just like people showing up with like you know characters that they're going to play in any campaign i prefer like a character to be suited for the actual adventure going forward and that makes sense because then like that character is there for a reason like their life led them here yeah intentionally yeah. And that was part of the reason we went with snakes, aside from the Indiana Jones reference, was that, like, the list includes, like, bears and mm. things that were not jungle, jungle appropriate. <laughs> appropriate. Uh, so we were like, well, which of these things would you find in the jungle? And then immediately Emperor Cobra was the answer. And it's been super great because I have all these awesome bonuses that I'm going to get and that I have already to certain 
interactions with snakes, oh, which we actually just saw in this last episode, yes. or in these last couple episodes, yeah. with the water snake and... Nawadis. Nawadis. The two-headed like, amphisbana. It was so cool. And now I have a little baby snake named Ka. You know, it's actually really interesting because I was super intrigued to see how that episode would, would go, because whenever Cal had talked to me initially about you guys encountering this giant snake on the river, we were talking about like, well... Okay, if they encounter it and then they escape, does it chase them? Why would it chase them? And I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Cal, mm-hmm. it was initially the notion that someone in the caravan had stolen one of her babies. Oh, I was going to do something, <gasps> like, something like that, yeah. What? Yeah, well, just because, like, just to keep her, you ended up, because you ended up doing it anyway, it was that whole thing with the snake swarm. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, you're like, I steal a snake, but I was going to have, like, well, I think it was going to be Malak was yeah. going to, like, steal one, and then, like, that's why she was going to keep pursuing you. But then you stole one, so I, I didn't did. have to do that. So, in a way, you were already kind of on the path. I did it. Well, because I decided on, like, like not, I, I didn't get ahead of myself with writing this campaign, like, how I've done that before with other yes. campaigns, where I've just, like, kind of written most of it before we ever sat down to play. And then, like, a year later, you're like, what is any of this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I did, but for this one, I just kind of kept it pretty loose, but I, I had it pretty much plotted out until they hit the river. It was like the last kind of where my notes ended for the most part. Yeah. And it was just funny because I knew, because like, it just because like, Chrissy and I talked about this during the episode, but like Anaconda, basically, just... <laughs> We're just going to do some Anaconda. <laughs> We're just doing the movie Anaconda. <laughs> yep. Why not? Why not? I wrote fanfic Anaconda when I was like in second grade. What? Fun yeah. fact about Cal. Fun fact. Oh my gosh, I did not know this fact and it is very fun for me. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Nothing? No plot? Oh no. Did you ship the snake with anyone? Here's the thing. Probably not. <laughs> I also am 90% certain when I'd written the fan fiction to Anaconda, I'd only seen the trailer. I don't oh, think I'd seen God. the movie. Oh, crazy. I wrote some like, really good American Girl fanfic, but my mom told me it was plagiarism, so I stopped. Oh. Oh, that. <laughs> Poor Squished Dreams Leslie. That story just lines up <laughs> on every level. <laughs> it's a true story. I'm sure she was just trying to teach me about ethics, but I just decided maybe I shouldn't write. <laughs> we should do some like Anaconda American Girl crossover fic. Ooh. That sounds... Really, confusing. I have no idea what genre that would be. Which one of the American Girl dolls is most likely to go hunt an anaconda? Oh, I don't know. Josephine. Oh yeah, Josephine. There's actually a snake mm-hmm. in her series. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, Christy There's... for the win. Ha! I know she my has American to Girl references. Suck poison out of a little boy's leg. Yep. He gets wow. Bit by a, a rattlesnake. Truth. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that lines up. That lines up. <laughs> oh, I am like. Okay, now I'm building my next D&D character in my head as we talk, so we have to move away from this topic. She was once a, do- she was once a doll, <laughs> but then was brought to life and now hunts anacondas. Well, the books aren't about, like, dolls. They're about people. They're about pe- like people who were turned into dolls. No. no. You're thinking they're of, like, you're thinking of, like, Indian in the cupboard. Isn't that what the American girls were? Like, they're, like, they were little girls, and then, like... Somebody did something to them to turn them into dolls? No. They're book series. You are making a lot of assumptions. They're just book series about girls. And then there's a doll that like. That you can buy. This is an expensive doll. It is. (laughs) Well, there's like six books. So it's like, there's a developed story. There's an arc. Oh. Well, getting away from (laughs) the American girl dolls. The notion of a baby snake being with the party was already kind of floating in kind of the the narrative nebula, so to speak. So the fact that you made that decision in the moment, I, from the outside looking in, was like, what? <laughs> in retrospect, I should have seen it coming. Because, like, I think 
if you really want your players to like, it's hard to predict players to do anything. You really cannot make them do anything. However, if you put out a baby monster, they will take it. <laughs> I have never seen a D and D party look at a baby monster and not want to raise it. I don't know. I've I have been in a party once where they just like killed a baby monster. When. I'm lying. That's never happened. They always want to raise it. <laughs> you always want to raise it. Even baby like monster. the coldest hearted D&D player is like, a baby beholder? Yes. I want it. It's Give my, it to me. It is my son now. Pretty much. Stay away from my son. There was that baby Nofke in yeah. Miyoto. Yeah. His name my, was Baby. His name was Baby and my character adopted it. It was great. It's really anyway. Great. But yeah, that was really fun. And it, well, it was just fun because again, Christy and I have the same mental headspace. We're like snakes, jungle. Because well, like, when I come up with this campaign, I've, I'm using a lot of like different jungle animals in the first place. There's... You know, I feel like, but it's like also like my version of a guy who doesn't live in a jungle and hasn't really spent that much time in a jungle trying to just kind of guess what kind of goes into jungles. I'm just doing my best here. No Google. Just all (laughs) all guessing. It's all like, it's all just based off like just like pop culture and like, you know, the National Geographic documentaries you've made me watch. Which are many. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. Uh, but I won't go. I won't, that's a whole other thing that I'll get really excited about. Yeah. Uh, but I remember specifically because whenever you decided, Christy, to be a wear touch shifter and you had picked snakes, Cal had already decided to have this snake encounter on the river, even though the details were still, I think, pretty rough at the time. Yeah. I, it was always going to be a snake, but I don't think I'd settled on Amphis Bane until I just found an Amphis Bane, a mini somewhere. Like, <laughs> this. <laughs> I love it. It's a snake with two heads. And that's it. That was all. It's all it took. Yeah. It's a snake, but different. It's not like a super clever concept. But it's a fun one. It's pretty bottom of the barrel in terms of like fantasy creatures. It's got two heads. <laughs> it's got two heads. <laughs> or mixed with a bug. Yeah. True. Uh, but I remember distinctly being like, oh, well, that should make that encounter theoretically maybe easier. And Cal was like, yeah. It or, did. Or maybe worse. <laughs> True. It could have gone a totally different way. I got very lucky into the fact that it listened to me the way yeah, that it did. The, yeah, the animal empathy kind of thing. Yeah, and, and then and then tricking it that I was its is that ha- yeah it thought it thinks that you're a Medusa basically. Yeah, that's so fun. It like, was neat. It was in, it like used to it was created from a Medusa. It's a whole part of their little backstory. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. How interesting. Yeah, there was a the. Like dead, I guess the Medusa wasn't dead. The Medusa was, it's Medusa was missing, dead or otherwise. Ah. And I convinced it. I bet I, it's it you. Was, yeah, exactly. That's I so put Kyle on my head and was like, look, I'm a <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, it um, worked. Well, the snake was definitely a high point. But let's talk a little bit about some low points. Like you, Lister, passing. <sighs> I get a lot of flack for that. <laughs> Because I opted to save Dalton, who I thought was in immediate danger. Yes. That was my thought. My thought was, hey, I need that fighter. That's important. Yes. And so I saved him. Mm -hmm. And to your credit, Eulster was not dead at that moment. Right. Eulster was still absolutely alive. Mm -hmm. You just paralyzed and there was a ghoul over him. That's, uh, eh. (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i realized that he was in the extreme amount of danger that he was in well yulister's dead and that's a real bummer yeah so oops (laughs) (laughs) it was crits i mean it was like it it was was double crits crits. yeah Yeah. it was two crits and the other attack hit and 
And I can't predict that. No. And so I opted to save Dalton because I thought that was the right move. Well, I think that's kind of the beauty of role play games, especially role play games that involve dice and uh, involve chance, is that things can either sometimes go really, really well, or they can go really, really poorly for no reason. For no reason at all. Yeah. I remember, I think about a year ago, Christy, you and I were in a society game, and our collective luck as the group was so, so terrible <laughs> that- <laughs> I remember that. That you made us all get up and switch chairs. I remember that. <laughs> it's true. It was just so bad. No one could roll higher than like a 10. It was it uncannily w- bad. was awful. But you know what? Switching chairs helped. Yeah, you gotta somehow. Rid the, you got to rid the room of the juju. Well, yeah. Yeah, honestly, like I think a lot of people have different tricks to trying to switch up their luck. I try to switch out dice, so I feel like my dice set is being bad. Paul's just cursed unless he's playing- mythos manual yeah basically paul rolls re- I, witness paul rolls real bad most of the time except apparently a mythos manual which i've not seen but have heard he's had a couple of bum nights every once in a while but not like the notoriously bad paul rolling that normally <laughs> happens <laughs> for years and years um cal is there any way that you like to try and shake up your luck uh i almost never shake up my luck i, I stopped using that that orange set of dice because <laughs> they weren't rolling very well ever yeah, but usually I don't because I feel like I, as the GM, I feel like I'm rolling so many dice all the time. The odds are kind of better that yeah. it averages mm-hmm. out a little bit. I don't, I don't pay as much attention to like my individual die rolls very often. Oh, I'm always very focused on my die rolls. Yeah, Cal has struggled this time around on this campaign with hitting me. Yeah, I can't hit this <laughs> at all. Yeah, do, why do you keep trying? I don't because <laughs> I'm usually somewhere near the front. Yeah, near the front. They're just like take down that snake lady who's tearing everybody apart with your snake claws. With the snake claws. my shifter claws that are snakes. That are snakes. Well, that'll be <laughs> that'll be interesting when we get to the morphing part. When I get so Do you eventually turn into a snake. So eventually, yeah. I can turn into a hybrid form. I could go, like, which is like I'm trying to picture that like a wear snake. It's a wear snake, right? Yeah, so, like, so yes, I could go. I could go full snake. I could go full cobra. Okay, if I wanted to, right? Do but you then still get I, your claws? Then I lose my claws ah, if I if I okay. go full cobra. I then essentially become a really smart animal. Um, <laughs> I I lose other aspects of my personality. Like gotcha. I lose the ability to talk to people. <laughs> Do you know who your team is? You yeah, know who you know who yeah. your team is. You're playing as like a, you're, a you're conscious. Better. Snake. Harry Potter-esque rules. You've just turned into a giant snake. Oh, okay. But but you can't talk. Like if I went to full cobra. Right. If I went the like the far extreme of the shifter eventually that I can take, then I wouldn't be able to communicate with my party mm-hmm. and I'd be a snake. Could you talk to other snakes? I don't think that's clear. Hmm. Okay. Uh but the hybrid form, this like wear touch thing, which is the like half form of this animal, mm-hmm. allows me to keep my shifter claws. Oh, that's a, someone out there should do fan art of that. I think so because I want to know what it looks like because I like have a snake head, bottom half ish, oh, kind oh, of. Okay, like, so kind of like a, what are they called? Alamia. Yeah. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But with shifter claws, so eventually I get to go bite claw claw, which is pretty exciting. Ooh, Those, that will be cool. Man, full round natural attacks are the best. I'm so excited. They are really good. Because we're doing the three-action economy, yeah. the natural attack thing is a little weird because it doesn't really account for that super well. 
Yeah, it's great. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> really well for you. It's yeah, it's pretty. It'll be pretty awesome. I will be able to bite claw claw with no penalties as that natural attack round. And then maybe we can prevent more party members from dying. Hopefully, that would be the goal. Yeah. We sh- we'll sh- we'll see though. I have a feeling though that Kafka may get a little mad if I get too strong <laughs> and, take, <laughs> and take over his fighter spot so we'll see how that works he's so, more of like the switch hitter like yeah. whereas like kate is pretty melee only yeah well speaking of your party how does kata feel about damius and kafka how does she feel about her party members well she liked eulister all right but now he's dead so that's a bummer she liked yeah. him she liked him but not enough they had a special bond we did we were like eulister and i were getting along fine you guys um, seem like you were buds you'd gone little adventures together yeah and now he's gone and now there's this weird vampire and that's that's how kata feels about that yeah kata's a little strange about it we'll see how damius turns out right now he's like vaguely creepy i can't tell if there's gonna be some crazy twist with his character where like maybe he was evil maybe he was a part of the problem in the original comp mm. like i i feel like there's something else that could go on there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that maybe cal and alan have talked about prior to this character creation mm-hmm. Um, Cal won't comment on that. Yeah, I will not comment on such as that. <laughs> okay, noted. Calling on DM mode. <laughs> but yeah, I think Dami- it'll be interesting to see how Damius folds in with the, uh, the, especially the NPC characters who are from Leroy, mm-hmm. like Suresh and Ruth, and see kind of how his character interacts with that. So I think Christy is excited to see that. Kate is a little nervous. That's I think fair. Anytime you encounter a new person who's just been lost in the jungle yeah, for right? years and seems a little weird. I think it's fair to be kind of like, hmm, okay, but like, you already have like a flag on your flags on yourself. Yeah, you've somehow survived this ghoul-infested crazy jungle where all this bad shit's happened, but What's you're okay? Deal? Like, yeah. something is clearly not all right. So we'll see what that ends up being. But I think Kata does a lot of eye-rolling at Kafka, mm-hmm. That's and that's how she feels about Kafka. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's like that friend that you really, that you like, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're, you know, a great person, but oh, man, are you just dense as a bag of rocks sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's just a, he's, he's a well-meaning character. Mm-hmm. Which, he's very, he seems very earnest. Yeah, which Kata appreciates. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kata feels that Kafka would ever try to hurt her. Yeah, you're not worried that he's going to double cross you. Kate is a cool type though and and Kafka's more of like a Naruto type. Uh, oh, so she, is she the Sasuke to his Naruto? Maybe. Ooh. And then that makes Dami is the girl. The girl? I don't remember her name. Sakura. There you go. But also, yes. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says Christy who knows nothing about this reference at all. It's okay, Christy. Christy's our friend who doesn't watch anime or cartoons. I'm such a nerd in all ways other than anime and animated Things. cartoons. Yeah. That's okay. We still love you very much. Yeah. But you have like you and I, like I'll cover anime and cartoons and you cover space sci-fi. Yes. Me. Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because space is where Christy lives her fan life. Pretty much. It's pretty space centric. Well, since we're talking about space, what are your thoughts about Starfinder? Have you been playing it? Are, <gasps> are you loving it? I love it. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Oh, if we're going to talk about Starfinder, you want to talk about what Starfinder is? Oh, yeah. Um, So it's built on the foundation of Pathfinder. Pathfinder now has a system called Starfinder, which is RPG in space. And it's a delight. It's fantastic. 
Cal and I, ages and ages and ages ago, mm-hmm. in a 3.5 campaign, played mm-hmm. as pirates. <laughs> where you had a boat and you were in charge of different jobs on the boat and my character was the rigger of the boat. Mm-hmm. But it, there kind of really wasn't a system for dealing with like boat fights. No, there was just or, a and, big boat Yeah, and happening. you like just had to roll like a, pro- like a profession check to like successfully move the boat. Right. But what I think is really unique and fun about Starfinder is that you have these specific roles within the spaceship like you have to have a captain and you need to have a science guy and you need to have an engineer so that you can successfully move through space and yeah you're not always in your spaceship sometimes you land on worlds and things but there are mechanics now for fighting other spaceships or space monsters but there's still different mechanics as far as like you have to move the ship and turn it at the same time and there's different roles you have to oh, make in order to do these different kind of combat maneuvers with a ship. Okay. Paying attention to like ship mechanics. Here's a question for you, Cal. Are there feats that you can take that are essentially ship feats? Are there feats you can take that make you a better... That like you collect... Like if we were a party in, uh-huh. in Starfinder and right. we all had our positions on the ship, could we all take the same feat to make us work better as a team using our ship in combat? Ooh. Uh, I don't... Think so. Nothing like that rings a bell right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Starfinder is so new that like I'd be surprised if that never happens. Yeah, unfortunately, because there's a lot of like teamwork combat feats just for regular Pathfinder. Yeah, but they weren't introduced right away either. Those showed up. Oh. Those showed up in a couple years after the game. I imagine that eventually there will be benefits for having the same crew for longer periods of time, oh. like like through a society progression or through that kind of thing, yeah. where if you've been if you end up working with the same crew in the same roles, maybe you would get like a teamwork bonus. There might be something like that. There's also, if you're playing like a normal game, a non-society version of Starfinder, you have, it's assumed like your party has like the party's ship. It's like, yeah. you know, it's your it's your Serenity and yeah. like the Millennium Falcon or whatever else that, and everyone has like their assumed roles. And as you level up, you get to like improve the ship. Yeah. It's super neat. It, we'll definitely be doing that at some point in the, fear, in the near future. The space nerd in me thinks it's the coolest. We got, I, I, I've been playing RPGs too long to like with you to like not give you a star game at Yay, some point. Yay, space. So it, it's definitely definitely in the cards. Well, do you think that that star game would ever happen on Mythos Manual or? Uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we're definitely not married to just Pathfinder, especially Pathfinder first edition for the show. That's true. Because Pathfinder 2 is coming out soon. Yeah. And so like, I, I definitely don't feel that way. I feel like after this arc, after the jungle eyes in the mist kind of wraps, like I, I, I would like to continue that story, maybe assuming the story ends in a way that it can be continued. Yeah. Uh, but if it can't, or and even I don't know if I would want to go into the next chapter of it right away. We'll probably do something else in, in another system for a while, and that might be Starfinder. It might be something else, but it might be Starfinder. Cool, sweet. Well, we highly recommend Starfinder, or Christy highly recommends. Starfinder. I do. I'm all about it. Her taste on space is much more refined than mine. <laughs> taste so. on space. Yeah, taste yeah. on space. So take her recommendation over mine, but I also recommend because it is very fun to be an alien. It's true. Also, those races, they're so cool. Just buy the book and read the book. It's a fascinating book. Yeah, it's a fun little world. I don't often find rules books to be fascinating, but I can sit there and read that Starfinder book for like hours. Aw. Cal's happy because he got that for her. It's true. Cal gave it to me as a present and I fucking love it. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Christy, thank you so much for sitting down with us to talk a little bit about Kata. Thanks for having me. I like talking as myself and not my character sometimes. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be cool. (laughs) You can be like excited about things. Her normal self. Normal self. 
Well, great. Yeah, Cal, thanks, uh, as always, for sitting down with us and for writing the game, running the game, hosting the game, all the game things. All the You're game very time. welcome. Well, thank you. It, it impacts me, not directly, but I do appreciate it <laughs> as a bystander, <laughs> so I don't have to do it. Uh, thank you, everybody, as always, for joining us for another Crunch session. Please tune in next time, not only for our Crunch, but our regular creative episodes as well, where you can see Kata and Kafka and now Damius uh, entering into the world and trying to explore all the mysteries in the jungle. Let's hope that they make it out. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Mythos Manual. Be sure to check us out on our socials at Mythos Manual or our website, mythosmanual.com. May all your rolls be 20s.